0: Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in plant school. Hello, hello, and welcome to Plant School. Today, we're gonna be doing something just slightly different from usual. Usually we're covering houseplants, how to care for them, and different aspects of houseplants, right? Sometimes we dive into more generalized plant topics, but I've never really talked about gardening yet. And you can see from the title of this episode that that is what I'm talking about today, how to plan a garden. And I get asked about this so much that I thought it would be really helpful to have a podcast episode on this since it seems like a lot of people want to know more about this. And I know a lot of you that listen are renting like me or you live in small spaces so I will be sure to include how to garden in a small space even if you don't have access to like a shared outdoor space. So first question is where do you start? So number one you need to find an area that you garden in. So if you own a yard there it is that's the space you can garden in right? You choose a spot and if you haven't chosen a spot of where you want your garden to be your own yard. Here are some tips for that. You want to choose an area that has loose, rich soil that drains well, has lots of sun. If there are puddles sitting in a certain area of your yard, avoid planting a garden there. That usually means that there are layers of clay or that it's a low area and dealing with drainage issues is going to kill your garden if anything even grows there to begin with. Most vegetables do not do great in clay soil. Another tip, this is probably my favorite tip, is that if you have an area that weeds grow in, that means that your vegetables will grow there too. And I know that seems counterintuitive. I feel like you'd want to choose an area that has no weeds, right? Then you don't have to weed anything but it's the opposite. If weeds are growing there, you know that it's good soil and that your garden can thrive there. Yes, you will have to weed before you can plant the garden, but it is worth it in the end. And if you don't have your own yard, there are some different options. So number one, you can look into a community garden. When my husband and I got married, we lived really close to one and I loved using it. We would just walk down, me and my oldest son, who was the only one we had at the time. And we would garden together on the weekends. I loved it. So if you have a community garden, you can usually rent them out. I know for me, in my city, it was about $20 and it went through the food bank. I don't know if that's like something that's really common for them to go through food banks, but that is definitely something to look into. And not every city has them, unfortunately, just so you know. Another option is to create a raised garden bed, like a And by that, I mean like getting a raised garden box, whether it's made with like galvanized steel or wood or something like that. They have them everywhere. I've seen them at Costco that you can buy. Those ones have like long legs so you can garden while standing and you can find them at hardware stores. They're all sorts of shapes and sizes. You can make your own, really. But that way, those things you can take with you when you leave a rental space, This is what I did, and mine sits on the side of my driveway where no one is using it for their car. It's out of the way, and I can take it with me when me and my family leave this rental place. Another option, of course, is to get some pots and plant a garden inside, and you can actually still do a lot, which I will get to of what you can do inside So another question you may have is how do you know what plants do well in your area and when should you be putting them into your garden? So to answer the first question, what plants do well, most vegetables will grow in any area. So that's not something you really need to worry about. Although, you know, vegetables will generally die due to winter seasons. If you're somewhere like Florida or somewhere where it's rather tropical, vegetables can grow year-round. But for most of us, we have a gardening season and those vegetables can grow during any summer season before they bite the dust or bite the snow, basically, because that's what kills them in the end. So what you can do to find out when you should be planting these things, because you can't just go out and toss them into the ground anytime, because like I said, the frost will kill most vegetables. If I went out here in April, my plants wouldn't survive. It actually just snowed today where I am. It didn't stick, but man, we had some 70 degree days and I thought that maybe it was going to get warm, but springtime is just such a crazy season. I'm sure all of you know that. You feel like the weather is nuts in the spring and it really is so how to know when to put your plants outside, you need to go to Google and look up the city you're in and the plant hardiness zone. So for me, I type in the city here in Utah that I live in and type in plant hardiness zone and I find that it is zone 6B. So then I Google zone 6B planting schedule. Super simple and I find that my approximate last freeze date is May 15th and you know that's not like an exact day that the all the frost is going in. It could happen after that but usually it ends much earlier than that and so I know that May 15th is when a lot of my plants can be outside and not die. And if you click on images on that Google search that you've done for your zone's planting schedule, you will see these really cool charts that will show when to be planting common vegetables. So for example, it'll show like, oh, spinach should be started in April in zone 6b where you live. And your corn should be started in May. They'll have like a list of all these vegetables and place them on a calendar so you can see exactly when you can be planting them. And it's a great idea to look this up right now since there are cool season crops that can start before the frost date. Things like lettuce, broccoli, kale, and peas. Those are cool season crops. They can handle mild frosts. And then there are warm season crops like bean, corn, and cucumbers, tomatoes, and peppers those need to be planted usually after the frost date. They can't handle the freezing temperatures, but it's a great idea to look it up right now because those cool season crops can, in general, go in the ground right now depending on where you live. For those of you in like really hot places... I have family in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a toasty, toasty place. They are probably well into their warm season crops because their temperature is already up into the 80s, maybe even the 90s. I'm not sure. It's too hot for me there. (laughs) I don't look at their temperature very often because it just makes me feel sweaty. But yeah, if you're in a warm place, definitely look this up because you might be in the thick of gardening season. And then for those of you doing indoor containers, forget the zones. You don't need to worry about that because your home generally has a temperature range where these vegetables or herbs can be growing any time of year, right? And for most of us, a south-facing window is usually where you get the most sun, especially in these summer months. I guess that applies to just the northern hemisphere. So if you're in the southern hemisphere, south facing windows are not the most ideal. But for most of you listening, I know are in the northern hemisphere. And some tips for you, water when the soil is beginning to dry out, like just keep it moist. I have a problem where I like to treat my herbs that I've grown indoors, like my houseplants, and I kind of let them dry out. And that's a no-no. They don't do so great with that. Just be sure to keep their soil moist without getting it too wet all the time. And also when growing herbs and vegetables inside artificial lights can be really nice to use. They, they like that extra source of light. So we're going to take a little break here and when we come back we'll dive right into more about how to continue planning your garden. Hey guys, so I want to introduce you to a great podcast that I just found, and that is the What Are You Doing Here podcast. It's put on by Addison Brown, who is the co founder of the Emerging World Project. And they started this podcast at the beginning of the COVID pandemic to really bring awareness to the multitude of changes in our natural world. And they have guests on there from a variety of people that are devoted to sustaining Earth's beauty and Earth's existence. It's so interesting to hear different people's perspectives about how you can make a difference for our Earth. And so, if you guys are interested in that, they talk about. Things like environmental and wildlife conservation, regeneration, reconnecting with nature, climate change awareness, and just like little tips on things that you can do to live a sustainable life that will benefit future generations. If that's something you're interested in listening to and learning more about, then definitely give it a listen. Again, it's the What Are You Doing Here podcast, and it can be found on all podcasting apps or you can find it on their website, emergingworldproject.org. All right, we're back. So diving right back into it with the question of what plants should I grow? So we know when they should be put in, but which ones do I choose? Which one should I put into my garden space? So it largely depends on what you eat and what you're wanting. Some great options for small gardens are things like bush beans, chard, tomatoes, onions, radishes, turnips, lettuce, squash, eggplant, beets, broccoli, carrots, or peppers. I gave like a ton of options, but those are all examples of plants that take up a relatively small amount of space and do great in smaller gardens. If you are growing plants indoors, like in a small pot Or it can be like a bigger pot. You choose what size of pot you want. But if it's indoors, some things that grow great inside are carrots, green onions, garlic, herbs, any herbs really. Hot peppers, microgreens, potatoes, radishes, tomatoes, and spinach. I'm sure there are more, but those are just some ideas to get your brain thinking of what to be planting. And then also indoors, and, and anyone can really do this, but you can grow different vegetables from scraps and I know this is something very common but just to kind of jog your memory or maybe you've never heard of this before you can grow things some of the easiest things are green onion lettuce and celery each of these three things they can be placed into water their bottoms and they will start to grow new green onions new lettuce leaves and new celery stems And when roots appear, you can transfer them to soil and they can last even longer. I know for me, anytime I would get a bunch of green onions, which I haven't bought them in the longest time because I've dehydrated my green onions and, and I have so many and it's from doing this. I'd take them, they'd still be wrapped up in the rubber band, and i just set them in water. So all the tops had been cut off, right? I'd use them for different recipes. It was just the base stems, and I would place them in water, and immediately new green onions would start to grow. It's kind of like getting free food. It's really fun. I haven't had a whole lot of success with lettuce and celery. I'd maybe get like one or new two leaves, or one or new two celery stalks, but I know that it can be done, and they can do really well once you transfer them. And then for those of you with large outdoor garden spaces, the world is open on what you could grow. It just depends on what you want to do. And something that I want to do once I have like an outdoor garden of my own with my own yard, and you're welcome to steal this, is to include a border of lavender, coneflower, butterfly bush, you know, any sort of pollinator-friendly flower and have that be a border along my garden. That actually will bring in pollinators, bring in bees, and increase the production of your garden because those pollinators are what are fertilizing your flowers on your vegetables and those flowers are where your fruits and veggies grow right and so it sustains your garden and it also as we know sustains the ecosystem all these great pollinators so yeah you're welcome to steal that idea That's something I saw when I visited my sister over in London they did this a lot they had what they called kitchen gardens because they would take the food and take them to their kitchen and eat them but they would put different flowers as borders around these gardens to really bring in those pollinators to benefit their gardens and I I love that and I'm stealing it and I'm gonna do that too and so taking a step back from this question of what plants should I grow I gave some options you know for small gardens growing plants indoors and for outdoor gardens but just in general here are some ideas so focus on what you already eat Add in maybe a few new things that you want to try. I know this year my son loves pickles and so I want to plant some pickling cucumbers that we can then turn into pickles last year i did a salsa garden and you're welcome to do something like that take a recipe that you love and grow the things on that recipe so i took a salsa recipe i grew the peppers that were on there i grew you know tons of tomatoes right and lots of onions and by the end of the year end of the gardening season once i harvested everything i was able to make quite a few jars of salsa and we ate it all it was used And so when you are planning your garden, focus on what you eat. Another option is to grow things that can be stored easily and used throughout the year. For example, my parents, this wasn't me because like I said, my garden's pretty small, but my parents grew a ton of onions. And so when they came and visited, they brought a lot for me, which I was so grateful for, and I chopped them all up, had to wear swimming goggles. I looked real attractive, I'm sure, but I chopped them up, put them in freezer-friendly bags, and froze these onions, and I did this in September, kind of like nearing, you know, the end of summer, and I still have onions in my freezer that I am using, and they're fine. They taste great. It's kind of fun knowing that these onions came from my parents' garden, and It's still feeding me and my family. That sounds like we just eat bowls of onions. I promise we don't. (laughs) We saute them and put them in different dishes. But it's so fun knowing that a piece of our, our meal is from my parents garden and it's lasted so long so that's another option you can do a lot of onions and you can freeze them like I did a lot of herbs you can kind of prune them and dry those and then you can crush them up and put them in jars and have fresh dried herbs to use in different dishes you can do that with green onions too you can dehydrate them and put them in jars and sprinkle them on different things like soups baked potatoes things like that So you could make a garden that you know you can store but yeah those are just some different options maybe to get some ideas going in your head. Another idea if you are wanting to kind of have a sustainable garden is to stagger planting times to extend the harvest time. So you'll like plant a batch of beans one week and then a few weeks later you'll plant another batch of beans so that way When they're ready to be harvested, you'll have a bunch for one week, and then a few weeks later, you'll have another bunch that are ready, and you can keep doing this so that you can have a longer period where you are bringing in fresh vegetables into your home or fruit into your home. And if after all those ideas, you're still not sure you want some more ideas, I actually have this app that I've been using for a little bit. It is so helpful, so I just want to share. So, it's called the Smart Plant Home app. And what you can do is there's this option where you can search for plants. You can like narrow it down by like edible plants, which is what we're focusing on in our garden. And then you can narrow it down by like size, light needs, what soil it does best in, etc. So, for me, I went in, looked for edible plants, and then I narrowed it down to like six to 18 inches category because I have a small garden and I can't have huge plants in there. It gave me so many great ideas and then I can add these plants into like my little plant folder and it will remind me when to water them once they're planted, which is great for me because I don't have an irrigation system. I'm literally carrying cans of water to my little like raised planter box. So if you're in a similar situation or you're gardening indoors, this is really helpful. Uh, Let me... Actually, let me look at this app. So in case you download it, I can like tell you exactly where to go. So you will open it and it'll say plant inspirations at the top. And there's like two options. You're going to do the one that says search plants. Find exactly what grows in your area. And once you click on that, it'll load. And there's a little red button in the left hand corner. And that's where you can like really narrow down your search to like just edibles not those kind of edibles like marijuana, but, you know, garden edibles. I don't know if that was in anyone's mind, but I just put it there. I'm sorry. But yeah, and then you can do it by size. And for me, I, I see that I could grow basil or broccoli or fennel, strawberries, tomatoes. So many, so many options. So this app is free. There is like a, a premium version of the app that you can use which is also super helpful. The premium version just comes with like a lot of different features and also it lets you talk to plant experts like on chat. I've actually used it a few times and it has been so nice. I don't have to like go to a Facebook page where there are hundreds of opinions just being like thrown at me. It's just one person responding to me. They have great advice. They know what I'm talking about And so it's really nice. So if that's something you want to do, let me make sure, let me look at this and make sure I'm telling you the right price. It's $35 a year, which I think is really generous. Most apps I feel like make you pay like $35 a month, but this is per year and I'll include a link if you want to look at it and get that premium version and it'll give you $5 off, so it's only $30 a year, which is a steal of a deal. I really love using it. Sorry guys, not to like make this an ad, but if that's something you want to use, it's great. I'm definitely going to be using it for like landscape design too, when I am designing people's homes, because that little search tool is really helpful for me, and having an expert there to talk to. Anyways, anyways, I will move on from that. So next question I get pretty often is what is the cost of having a garden? Because I think a lot of people worry like, am I going to be dumping a lot of money into this and it's like not even worth it? Well, I'll change your mind about that in just a second. But the cost of a garden, if you're doing it in your home, you know, just like the cost of some pots, some soil, some seeds, it's not going to be very much. So my estimate would be maybe like around $50. It depends on the size of pot you're buying. If you're going crazy it could definitely be more and it's definitely more if you buy the plants grown instead of growing them by seed. So like a seed packet with like 50 seeds or more they're like $3 maybe $2. I feel like most of them are like $2 but if you go to a nursery and you buy like one of those six packs of plants usually they're around like $5 or so. And that doesn't seem like such a big difference, but if you are buying as many plants as you have seeds in your packet, there is a substantial difference between those two. But yeah, I would estimate around $50 just like for like a bag or maybe two bags of soil. And then if you have to be buying pots and the seeds, really not that expensive if it's just in your home. Now, if you're doing a small garden, like I'm doing, like a renter-friendly one, It also largely depends. So for me, I made my own container out of wood. I say I made it, but really it was my husband and my sweet father who were making it for me. They did it as a birthday gift. I think it's been two years now. But we went and picked up some pallet wood that was free and we pulled the pallets apart. And so I have this big wooden gardening bed and I did line it. So that it like the wood wouldn't rot. So that was probably like 15 bucks. I bought seeds, maybe another like $10. And then I used existing like containers or six packs that I had. Those like plastic six pack containers to start seeds indoors. So if you don't have any of those, that would maybe like another five or $10. Then I had to buy soil. That was probably my biggest expense. I would say easily it was like 60 bucks to buy bags of soil. We did end up buying some plants for the garden like strawberries and I bought some flowers just because I wanted flowers. So maybe another $12. So a total around $97. Basically a hundred bucks but I feel like I was being very frugal with that. Like I made my own container. Most like mid-size or small containers are around $200 at least the ones that are like made of corrugated tin or things like that. I'm not sure how much those like raised garden beds are at Costco or things like that. You know what? Yes, I do. Let's look it up. Costco raised garden bed. Why does Costco not show prices? Why are they so secretive? Oh, there we go. Price. 100 bucks. There's another one here that's $200, so about the same. It just kind of depends, but that definitely adds on a big cost of starting a garden. And if you already have this stuff or you have other ideas that you could do out of like existing materials, great. That just lessens the cost of the garden. And then for those of you that can do larger gardens in your own yard, that can be anywhere, you know, like as low as $200 and I would say up to the thousands. But the good news is that you can, like, you can go slow. You can spend as little as you want. You can start your garden small, and then slowly over time, you can make it bigger. And a lot of these costs of first out, you know, starting, like, buying the soil and buying the seeds, you're not going to have to do that every single year. I might need to buy, like, maybe... A bag or two this year just because the soil has depleted. My boys like to fling it around with their shovels. So I do need to buy a little bit, but not nearly the amount as I did before. And I already have the containers. I don't need to make or buy that again. And another great way to save money is that there are gardening groups on Facebook And they often, or you could go to like Facebook Marketplace or some other classified website, and a lot of people are often getting rid of excess plants or seeds, and you can take advantage of those to get great deals on different vegetables or fruit. Okay, so last thing I want to end on, and this is like my favorite thing, It makes me just want to go out and garden all the time. But what are the benefits of having a garden? Why should we be even doing this? Because we can find all these foods in the store and we don't have to put any work into that. But this is why gardening is so great. And I'm I'm sure I'm not going to hit all the benefits, but I'm going to try and hit most of them. So number one, you get exposure to vitamin D from the sun. And vitamin D benefits your bones and it can really help your immune system. It can actually lower the risk of multiple cancers. And of course, like be aware of skin cancer. It does not lower your risk of skin cancer. But if you wear a hat and you wear sunscreen, that is unlikely to happen. And that's something I'm big on. I always try and wear a hat I think it stems from, this is a personal story that may be a little bit of a tangent, but it stems from my mom telling me that if I didn't start wearing a hat in the summertime, she told me that my forehead would look like a leather couch, (laughs) which was probably true because I did cross country and track and I was outside all the time. We lived in the desert, so I got So tan it was, it was mostly always warm outside, but my forehead, I feel like got the brunt of all that sun as I feel like most people is what happens. And so I started wearing hats much more often because I, I don't want to deal with skin cancer, but I'm a big believer in wearing a hat. You guys join me in wearing hats. so We don't have leather couch foreheads. (laughs) So another benefit is that it decreases your risk for dementia. By 36%. That is really substantial. It gets your mind going, right? It's not just an activity like sitting at a TV where your mind doesn't have to do any work. Another benefit is that it can boost your mood. So, gardening actually fights stress. So, they did this study where they had two groups. They had a group of readers that they would say, Hey, go relax and read a book. And then they had another group, they said, Hey, go relax and garden and they would test their stress levels at the end of the activity and gardeners had lower stress levels than the readers did. It lowered cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And yeah, if you're feeling stressed out, don't pick up a book, pick up a shovel and go garden. Another cool, interesting thing that I found on how gardening can boost your mood is that there is bacteria right in the soil. But there is one particular bacteria called Mycobacterium vacci and it's in the soil. It, it's just naturally in there and it's a good bacteria that we like because it actually increases our levels of serotonin and it reduces anxiety and can reduce depression. So inhaling that is good for you. So now I don't feel as bad when my boys are playing in piles of dirt with their cars, they are inhaling Mycobacterium vaccae, and, you know, reducing their anxiety and depression. I hope my kids aren't depressed. The dirt will help with that. Another benefit is that it is great aerobic exercise, as I'm sure it is obvious. You're moving around, you're shoveling, you're pulling weeds, all sorts of different exercise. It builds strength, actually promotes healthy sleep, and helps you maintain a healthy weight too by getting this sort of exercise. I saw this study once, and this is a while ago, so if you are familiar with what I'm talking about, forgive me if I get some of the details wrong, but they studied people that live long, and there were like different areas of the world Oh, I forget if they call them like blue areas or something. But anyways, they found that in all these areas, they had some similarities in their like diet and how they lived. Anyways, one of the things that they found was that all these people got a lot of exercise by gardening and being outside in their yards and that that helped promote this healthy lifestyle for them. And it's just interesting because... I feel like usually we think like, oh, you need like to go to these like bicycling classes and be super hardcore and you need to be a runner and be doing marathons. Actually, gardening is a great exercise, especially as you get older in those years. It can keep you mobile and agile. Okay, and I have two more benefits that I want to hit on. Gardening can help with addiction recovery and is actually used as a rehabilitation tool probably because of all the benefits that I've just mentioned of, you know, boosting your mood, it's great exercise, fights stress, reduces anxiety and depression, and lastly, it helps you eat healthier, which is probably the most obvious one. You want to be eating the food that you're growing, you're proud of it, and that can help you get more fruits and vegetables into your diet. Basically, gardening is great. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was different and I know we don't talk a whole lot about gardening on plant school, but if you liked this, let me know. Maybe we can dive into some different aspects of gardening now that it's, you know, getting right into gardening season. But for those of you wanting to start planning your garden, I hope this helps and got your mind going on what exactly to do and why you should do it hope you guys have a great week and I hope that you guys will tune next week to plant school Thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or, I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram, at tinnyplant, that you shared the podcast with a friend, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.